0: It's 970-WAMD, Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge what's new in Harford County and beyond. I am co-host Christy Halford, director of the Harford County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. How are you doing today, Bob?
1: Good morning. Good morning. Um, I didn't take Route 22 in. Um, because, oh, By the way, we have Sheriff Kaler and Christy Kaler with us. Before we get started, what's up with three-day traffic light outages they they don't have a part or something
2: fortunately we had a meeting yesterday with our traffic safety advisory board and state highway is part of that uh, work group that that group that looks at some of the issues around the county related to traffic safety and yes there's there's some part that controls one of the lights out there at the intersection that is uh, needed that they don't have in stock and they're they're hoping to get it in as quick as possible and get things resumed to as much as normal as you can on route 22.
1: And I saw one picture I see uh State police, I see sheriff's office people, I see construction workers or highway workers. I'm sure it's a lot of, it's no fun out there. We. I'm, I'm making light of it, but.
2: Anyone who travels that road routinely knows that it's it's always a problem, and, and having any issue with the light is only going to aggravate it, and that's what we're seeing.
1: Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, thanks uh, for coming in. We're going to do our first two segments, then we're going to get right into it, because um, we have a lot to talk about.
0: Time for the birthday game?
1: Sure, we'll do an abbreviated birthday game. Yeah. and. Jeff and Christy, you can participate. Okay. We have to, we have so to guess. We,
0: so I, I try to get Bob to to guess who the famous person is um, who has birthdays this week.
1: And then how old they are.
0: And how old they are. So we're going to go with the uh, first one is a pop singer. You always love the pop singers.
1: Justin Bieber.
3: <laughs> I actually know this. It's Britney Spears.
1: <laughs> wow. Before we even have any clues.
3: Cheat no, so. I'm just a social media junkie. <laughs> I like
1: that. We have to know how old she is now, huh? Is. Um, thirty-six. Thirty-five. Okay. Yep. She's gone through a lot of metamorphoses, mm. to put it lightly. Okay. Well, Christy. Okay, Christy's already making me look bad.
0: Okay. How about football player? Okay. Do you like sports better.
1: She'll so probably get me get that get me on that too. You're a big Ravens fan, are you? Or no, no. Okay. He's not a
0: Ravens player, but it is okay. an NFL quarterback.
1: Current? Yes. Someone I hate: Tom Brady. No. Someone I hate: Tony Romo. Ben Roethlisberger. What?
0: He was MVP
1: in two thousand eleven and
0: two
1: thousand
0: fourteen. In a Super Bowl?
1: Uh huh. Um. They won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, oh, oh, Eli Manning. Nope. Who? Patriots? I'm trying to think of who won. 2015 was the. Oh, um. Not.
0: Cheeseheads. Huh?
1: Cheeseheads. Oh, um, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I didn't realize they won a second one. Oh, he may be season MVP. That was probably it. Maybe it was. And Super they Bowl didn't MVP. I,
0: I'm really bad with the Greek numbers. So okay. I no what to, but <laughs> well, Super Bowl he fifty is feet. easy.
1: It's just a big L. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Thirty-five. Thirty-three.
0: Okay. One more. Sure. Okay, actor, comedian.
1: Oh yeah. Male. Okay, that's, now it's down to 47,000. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mary um, did
1: that to me he... once. She was reading from Wikipedia. She said, This person went to Springfield Elementary School <laughs> in Topeka, no, I went, I, Kansas. I, so, <laughs> she was just reading the first paragraph. God, we, so, uh, oh. Once
0: I start reading off the, the films, you'll know. Uh, okay. Tropics <laughs> Thunder, made at the museum.
1: Um, Zoolander. Jerry Stiller's um, mm-hmm. son, yep, ben.
0: ben. Ben.
1: Okay. Yep. I, I thought he was hilarious in Meet the Parents when yes. he. Yes. Killed the cat and right. <laughs> He's funny and everything. He is funny in everything. Oh, well, how old is he? 50. 51. Okay.
0: So you're really good at this. Jesus. He's really good at guessing that the, the ages. Okay, yeah. punk singer.
1: Punk singer, Sid Vicious. Really
0: popular in
1: the 80s. Uh, Billy Idol.
0: Yes.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> With the snarl. Yes. Rebel Yell and White Wedding. Yep. yep. Um, he was also in The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler. Yes, he was on the plane. Um sorry guys for putting you through I, this. <laughs> uh, fifty two. Yep. Nope.
0: Older? Older.
1: Please don't tell me Billy Idol sixty. Sixty
0: one. <laughs> now doesn't that make you feel old?
1: <laughs> no, Keith Richards makes me feel old. He may no he makes me feel young. Um, wow, that's amazing. Okay, we'll do one more.
0: One more? Okay. Okay. Uh, rock and roll singer, heavy metal.
1: Um uh, Robert Plant.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, like heavy heavy metal. It's really or hard, hard to
0: understand him when he talks.
1: Oh, Ozzy Osbourne.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was watching a show with him and his son one day on TV. I was dying. My husband and I were laughing so hard. It was so funny. to will try listen to him talk.
1: There are certain people He's like sick. Keith Richards and if Ozzy. You, can- you look at them and what they have done to themselves. I mean, if I have a few too many, it takes me (laughs) two two days now to recover at my age. And these people are still functioning. Some of them actually speaking. Yes. Um, 69, it was 25, so he was 144. He didn't just turn 70, did he? No.
0: 67?
1: 68. 68, okay. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, Rolling Stones have been together for... 54 years. 54 years. That's amazing.
0: Wow.
1: Okay, that's enough of that.
0: Time for local news?
1: Yes, and we're going to abbreviate the news too so we can get right to this um, interview. Well, I'm going to start with um, some good news. Uh, we like to do good news. Um, uh, Haverty Grace Elementary teacher Thomas Dennison wins $25,000 Milken Educator Award. And um, I, I don't know if it, you all saw this. But you should go to the uh, Aegis story on it online because uh, the best thing about this is, is this gentleman's reaction. He didn't know about it. And then his speech, this completely impromptu speech to the kids. Um, it was really a beautiful thing. Um, it's called the Oscars of Teaching. Mike Milken um, has uh, plowed a lot of money into this awards and this foundation uh, for the past 20 years. And um, the great thing about it is it... it the, the winners are, are they're judged based upon um, how students have progressed before and after they were in that teacher's classroom, plus how they interact with their co- colleagues and within the community, which is always good mm-hmm. when things are outcome-based and not um, um, wishful thinking or feel-good based. And um, his uh, name is uh, Thomas... Dennison, a fifth-grade teacher, and um, he received his award during surprise announcement at the Haverty Grace Elementary Gymnasium. Hundreds students have sat on the gym floor during the assembly. He was standing in the back of the room when he received his award, and he, again, it was, he, he crouched down. He was a little hyperventilating. He got himself together, and he got up, and he just gave a great, great talk to the kids. Talk, he said he's been there 14 years. He's staying there a full 30 this is my home he said this is your home kids we you know you can find problem-solving here caring understanding and he named some of his kids and uh, triumphs they've had over challenges so really what it's all about and hats off to um to actually the school system and to um, the principal um, at Haverty Grace Elementary School which by um, all accounts is a he's a really a great guy and, uh, and gets it done Uh, This is not local news, but we had to talk about it because it's news. Um, President Donald Trump um, called to offer his condolences to the family of slain San Antonio police officer Benjamin Marconi, the officer's son, posted on social media. He posted, just got off the phone with the future president. He sends his condolences to our family. Um, As you know, uh, uh... Officer Marconi was um, was shot in San Antonio the other day, and by all accounts, naturally we have to wait for the facts to be in, but um, the, the, the suspect, who was arrested after a 30-hour manhunt, was shooting at um, the uniform. And um, this is notable. Now I'm going to switch to editorial phase, but still facts. As far as I know, the last time our current president called with offers of condolences. It was um, to console uh, that Sandra Flock because she had a shell out for her own birth control. So I am sorry. To just facts. And this was great to see. And it's, it's, say what you want about Trump. He ain't perfect, but that is, um, that is the thing to do. And it's an exa- acknowledgment of what we see exa- acknowledged not as often as it should be. Uh, The next item, and um, I don't know, maybe the sheriff can shed some light on this when we talk later, but um, a Falston High School student um, pricked 19 classmates with a lancet, which um, is those sort of things you use to take blood. And um, it's odd, and it it could mean so many things. It certainly is concerning to the parents. Difficult situation for law enforcement and school administrators. Uh, because there's so many ways you can go with this. And um, just uh, really, really interesting. And um, um, we're going to keep an eye on that one. And um, finally, um, we wanted to talk briefly, uh, just as a little shout out to, um, uh, to P- Public Library Foundation. We had the, um, uh, the annual gala a week and a half ago. It raised a record amount. Um, I don't know how many people were there, Christy. 750. 750. And um, it was great to see. Uh, and on that note, we had a great event um, this week, Giving Tuesday. I know my favorite nonprofit, the Boys and Girls Club, we were very involved. I know um, some uh, that are near and dear to the Sheriff's heart and, um, as well. And it was just great to see uh, how the county turned out. A uh, little hats off goes to uh, PJ and Pat Chambers from WebIXI because they did a lot to coordinate um, uh, the, that and I know on the Boys and Girls Clubs, we, co- we coordinated with a, uh, with a business um, advanced eye care on that end. So that was great to see as well. So we had a little good news.
0: Yeah, great news. Um, okay, We're going to take a break and when we come back we'll talk with Harford County Sheriff Jeff Gaylor and Christy Kahler, the Director of Media and Public Relations for the Harford County Sheriff's Office.
4: The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public, with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator fifth-generation 3D printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox and both Apple and Windows computers, all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road.
0: Welcome back. I'm co-host Christy Halford, director of the Hartford County Public Library Foundation, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Hartford Edge. We're delighted to have Hartford County Sheriff Jeffrey Galler in the studio, and with him is Christy Kaler, the director of media and public relations for the Hartford County Sheriff's Office. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for having
3: us.
1: we uh, we love to have um, you all in because it's you uh, learned so much, and I know uh, it's never a good time, but I know there's a lot going on now, so. Um, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, for smarters, uh, tell us a little each of you about how you got here, how you got to the sheriff's office, what you did before, bios-wise. Uh, I'll go real quick.
2: Um, I I did 28 years in the state police, uh, having been a you know North Hartford grad a few decades ago. Um, but it ran for sheriff in 10, uh, was not successful, retired from the state police in 12, and then ran again in 14. And uh, m- yesterday marked the close of our second year in office. And um, as I said many times, I could not love the job more. We've had some of the best times over the last two years, and we've certainly seen the worst of times over the last two years. But um absolutely love the job that the citizens have asked me to do and you know, hope to hope to go on in this role for some time. And, and
1: Christy.
3: I am a resident of Harford County since I was six years old, so... Start- 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Thanks, Bob.
1: <laughs> I, I see Christy was giving me a little cue card. Cue card there.
3: <laughs> uh, Harford County is you know, near and dear to my heart. I choose to raise my family here, and I had worked for a community nonprofit, SARC for 11 years and did their uh, development, media relations, marketing, and you know, all of, of that catch-all. Um, so I was actually really excited to be able to continue to work in the community and come to the sheriff's office in 2013 and serve serve this community in a different way.
1: Great. Great. And, uh, Sheriff, um, first of all, congratulations on the two years. Thank you. Um, and I know you, uh, you expected to be tested. I know you relish tests and challenges, um, but talk about the first two years. Um, uh, you know, what, what's your reactions, what you're proud of, what surprised you, the rewarding things? The
2: well, there's so, there's so much, uh, and I think we have so many accomplishments. I did an email out to the entire agency uh, the other day, and I, I shared some of the bullet points on my Facebook page yesterday yesterday um with with the followers on there and there's there's so many things that we've accomplished but certainly nothing more impactful than the events of February 10th uh, of this year where we lost two of our deputies uh senior deputy Pat Daly and deputy first class Mark Logston down in Abingdon and and pretty much everyone knows unfortunately the story behind what happened that day but um as much as it hurt and much as it hurt us at the sheriff's office and the families um we saw uh, Harford County Uh, and and, uh, Christy talked about choosing this county to raise a family it makes you feel so glad to to be in this county to chosen this county to live because the citizens of this county turned out for our family our sheriff's office family and the families of our fallen heroes Like I don't believe it's possible anywhere else in the country and I've heard that from so many chiefs and sheriffs from across the state and across the country just amazed with the support we've received from our harford county community so that has um, shocked surprised amazed touched every one of us at the sheriff's
1: office and didn't we have two uh, two groups two folks just step up the other day um yes. oh the the donations week, continue to come
2: Tuesday. correct uh, they they were
3: we had the young man that uh, raised and sold the rabbits at uh, the farm fair this year and then we had some DEA agents that participated in the tour de force 9-11 memorial ride in honor of our deputies
1: um fantastic it's great to see and um it's just great to see, but when when people do realize, uh, when it hits home for them, what it means to put on the badge, uh, for these men and women, and what they stand in front of every day, and um, uh, it's a shame that often it takes something like this to make people realize it, but. But it's great to see
2: i th- i think the, and i think the citizens in harford county have always um, had a great relationship with their sheriffs office with the deputies out there on the street and the men and women in the office who you know are often the unsung heroes behind the scene but when something tragic like that happens and and we all pray that we'll never see anything like that again uh it, it is again so humbling to see the way the community turned out to support everyone
1: and on that note um um how are the deputies doing um this this it, on so many levels it, it affects them it affects the environment the, the state of mind while doing their job certainly, certainly the loss how how are they
2: uh, overall i'd say great you know it, it amazed me and i have i spoke about this many times since that day that um responding to the scene that day i arrived on the scene just following the the second shooting that took mark from us and uh um The thoughts that are going through my head in addition to the shock of what the scale of what was happening um, was how are we going to get through this? How are we going to handle this? And and the men and women of the sheriff's office, you know, they stepped right up. They continued to do what they're sworn to do. Um, They did their jobs. They processed the crime scene. You know, they were there for our families uh, of our fallen heroes. But we still had an investigation to conduct. We still had to put all the pieces together, and and they stood up and they did that. And I was thinking we were going to have to turn to the state police and many other – and we had all the support. The the, the, uh, allied agencies were offering everything in the world. And and for the most part, uh, the investigation-wise, we handled it all in-house at the sheriff's office with people working with heavy hearts and tears in their eyes. And, and, you know, that's a compliment to the men and women. And it's not a day I don't think any of us who were working – uh, we'll wake up and not remember Pat and Mark. Uh, so it, it's certainly something that's going to be embedded in each one of us forever. Uh, but the, it's an amazing bunch, and they continue to perform outstanding since before that day, on that day, and since that day.
1: Well, what do you, What are some of the things that you do uh, training-wise? Because, you know, I can't even imagine. First of all, the focus and concentration you need. And uh, uh, to either not err on the side of being too cautious, or not err on the side of acting too quickly—it's—it's—it's—it's right. a, it's a, it's a, it's near impossible as it is. And where, you know, one momentary loss of concentration could have impact in so many ways for for victims and etc. What do you?
2: Well, there, there's so much our police officers across the country are asked to do every single day that is not understood by the public as a whole. Uh, You know, the decisions that have to be made in milliseconds are going to be judged and going to be reviewed, and as we see um, on five-second social media clips, often so unfairly that uh, um, they're, they're asked to do almost the impossible. We've had two incidents just recently that probably should have been shooting situations, and, and we're looking at those incidents, and we, you know, we're, we're concerned that because of some of the unfair uh, uh, perspective on law enforcement that's out there across the country today, we don't want our deputies to hesitate and put themselves, put their lives at risk, because they're second guessing uh, the, their training or what they've been trained to do, mm-hmm. and. What their experience is telling them to do, and that is to protect themselves and to protect the community. And we've had two incidents recently that could have gone either way, and and uh, thankfully, I, I'm thankful that we didn't force to severely injure or take any more li- lives. But um, I'm also concerned that we'll have police officers across the country, including at the sheriff's office, that may hesitate when they shouldn't hesitate.
1: And. and I, I... What can we do? I mean, because it's everybody's job, just to, as it's our job to understand the challenges and anger and frustration of any particular group, um, geographic or uh, racial group mm-hmm. or um, a, a gender or age, to understand their anger and frustration or hopelessness. But what seems to have been lost is an understanding of what you were just talking about. It's certainly utterly irresponsible and dangerous rhetoric. From all, um, all levels of our leadership, not to mention the academia and the media mm-hmm. and uh, the entertainment industry, uh, what can we do? How, how do we solve that? How do we, uh, how do we, just uh, have people understand well, what I, is I, going on here?
2: Right. I, I think it's almost an impossible task because you know, we are competing with uh, often you know, a media that is a is a public. Uh, Commercial enterprise, that's, it, you know the five-second video clip that shows just a part of something is what's going to make the newscast. Uh, the, everything that led up to it or that maybe followed it is not as interesting. So that's what you're dealing with, and then you're dealing with the spin now that comes with the, the rise of social media. So I, I think part of it is us uh, having a better understanding and communications with the community as a whole, being us law enforcement. Um, at the Sheriff's Office, we're currently looking at purchasing a rather expensive piece of equipment. It's a shooting simulator. Um, one, first and foremost, to better train our uh, deputies in shoot, don't shoot situations. But also, we want to use that to educate the public. Um, members of our Citizens Police Academy who come through, members of our Youth Academy who come through, and any members of the media or the public. Who would be interested in coming down and, and getting a better feel for what a law enforcement officer is asked to do under less than ideal uh, decisions to make a, a life and death decision on a split second? Um, and what we need to do as a society is just slow down. We're in the we're in the um, area of want immediate satisfaction, immediate answers. Well, nothing's going to come immediate. It's it's going to take time to review everything that led up to an incident, the encounter itself, and to conduct an investigation. And then to let that go through the process that we have established through the state's attorney's office and, and you know, through the court system if necessary, we just need to slow down and let the process take its place. But we have so many places around the country that are calling for, you know, unfortunately they're calling for blood or they're, they're calling for an officer's head seconds after something happens. And, and nothing can be judged that quickly. And I don't care how bad it looks on a five-second video clip. Nothing can be judged that quickly.
1: No, And no one seems to care, like Officer Wilson. Person. Yes. Forgetting all the facts. It was totally fine for so many people to completely deprive him of his due process rights from the get-go, and that's the scary thing. It's what we've been fighting for, for certainly uh, unprotected classes of people for a 100 years in this country, Um, but it seems to be okay if it's to make a political point, and it's uh, it's really scary. Uh, What else as far as, uh, you know, your two years? What's uh, some of the rewarding things, and we're going to talk about uh, our... Our drug situation in a minute, but um, you had Snowmageddon. Uh, I can't imagine. Well, my wife was up at the EOC for 36 hours, so I got a, a report on that. Uh, other things.
2: Uh, well, I, I certainly think you know, being in this role, some of the some of the most um, enjoyable things, and maybe things I wasn't as educated on running. You know, I kind of knew the law enforcement end, had a little bit of introduction into the correctional end. But the sheriff's office does so much reaching out to the community. Um, our activities with the boys and girls clubs, with the um, with our youth youth academy, with our citizens police academy, with our badges to, uh, badges the baseball badges and baseball um, program. There, there's a lot more going on that I became educated on, uh, and these are so these are great programs and these are not things you're going to see on that five second social media clip that are going on every single day. Um, our community policing division reaching out across the county attending almost you know every firehouse open house the farm fair the different events like that and touching the members of our community so those are the kind of things i think are are really great i go to and it just puts a smile on my face to to be around and uh, see especially the children interact with our law enforcement officers uh, the way you wish every law enforcement interaction were to take place
1: uh, I have a picture of uh, two pictures in a row: me kissing a pig, then you kissing a pig. Uh, that's right. That, yeah. Talk about <laughs> enjoyable things. That was my second year of <laughs> kissing a pig. I was say
3: two years in a row. Two years in a row. <laughs>
1: uh, raising money
2: for the uh, Boys and Girls Club, a, a, a oh, an absolutely outstanding cause.
1: Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I'm going to get a plug in for the Boys and Girls Club because I'm on the board now, and I've I've never been involved in something that's made such a difference. Right. By by letting these kids be leaders in and of themselves in a lot of ways and it's amazing how they step up when they're given a little bit of um, encouragement and self esteem and responsibility it's really a beautiful thing Um, on that note um, just something tragic and heartbreaking day in day out it keeps on getting worse Um, the synthetic drugs and heroin and the overdoses and deaths it feels like we, with this new stuff and whatever else is coming right. out of the pike, we may not have seen the worst of it.
2: Oh uh, no, I don't think so at all. And, and unfortunately, it's it's we're dealing with the heroin epidemic, and you think this is as bad as it can get, and along comes fentanyl, which is a synthetic opiate, uh, and that's taking more lives. You know, our our lives lost have greatly increased from last year. So um, and and then the fear of carfentanyl, which is um, you know, 100 times or something more potent than It's another synthetic opiate that's used to tranquilize uh, elephants and horses and big, you know, animals, and, and this is ending up that people are using it. And around the country, we haven't seen it in Maryland. We lost five lives uh, over the Thanksgiving weekend here in Harford County, and we won't know until those reports come back from the ME's office, the medical examiner's office, but our fear is that eventually we know we're going to see it, that it, this might be related to carfentanyl.
1: So I know in um, Tanner, Ohio, in Flatbush, Brooklyn, over the past few months, we've had like mass uh, ODs uh, from the same batch, from I mean, maybe even the same group of people uh, taking it uh, at the same time.
2: And nothing on these five, We nothing that we have linked these five back together on so far that they bought from the same dealer, the, from the same supply. Uh that, that may be the case, but nothing has led us to that direction yet. But it, with, with these, you know, we've lost 48 lives so far this year in Hartford County to the heroin epidemic, um, 28 all of last year. So that's 71% increase in lives lost, and we are still a full month away from the end of the year. So we know that number, unfortunately, is still going to go higher.
1: And those are the only the ones that were called in?
2: Those are... Um, that
1: were reported, uh, like if someone... How far have we gotten finally the the, uh, the reporting, at least of the basic data, when it's not, doesn't come into 911? Uh, Art, I know you tried to get that done in the last session. Right.
2: And the numbers are going to differ from what comes from the ME's office because we're looking at individuals who overdose here in Harford County where law enforcement or EMS respond. And now with the hospital agreement, which we're still ironing out, in fact, there's a meeting going on right now to work out what the uh, template's going to look like for that reporting at the hospital. But. Um, we're going to we're going to know about those as well but like when department of health and mental hygiene if a baltimore county person overdoses up in harford county their number is going to show that as a death in baltimore county so our numbers are never going to match but ours are the most accurate and timely numbers that are available and with this new hospital reporting We're going to learn some of the data elements uh, about overdoses and and just learn about the overdoses themselves occurring that we did not know up to this point. So unfortunately, gathering better data is going to raise our number, which is already very, very high in and of itself. How
1: many many Narcan bringbacks or whatever they're called have have there been?
2: Um, So far, just this year, um, and this is just sheriff's office numbers, the deputies have used Narcan 59 times. So uh, without Narcan... Uh, the, the drug that blocks the uh, opiate receptor in the brain and, and brings people out of the overdose uh, without Narcan, I think that number of lives lost would be very much higher. And, and not, that's only the sheriff's office number, the state police, all three municipal agencies, EMS, and even loved ones now have access to Narcan. So that is that 59 is just the number for so the deputies on the street. doesn't count all the other lives that are being saved out there that are not included in that number.
1: And I, there was a, they're in schools now as well in Hartford, or are they yes. just starting that?
2: Uh, they're just starting it the, um, with the school nurses, and that was something my HOPE group, uh, Heroin Overdose Prevention Effort, had wanted from the outset was to get it into the schools. And to my knowledge, we haven't had an overdose in a school yet from a student or a visitor, but we pretty much in every other profession and environment we have seen them, so I, unfortunately I think that too is just a matter of time. Working with Joe Ryan and working with our county executive's office, um, some of the numbers that Joe reports, the uh, director of the Office of Drug Control Policy, that we see a, raising, a rising number of middle schoolers that there's a number at all is atrocious, but we're seeing a rising number of middle schoolers reporting having used opiates, either heroin or, or pills. So um, as bad as our numbers are currently, that is a generation yet to come. So, uh, Didn't we have a, a, a
1: life-saving by a nurse in Anne Arundel um, several months ago, I thought I heard?
2: I, I'm not familiar with it. Not by not a school nurse?
1: Right. I, I, I'm almost positive.
2: I, th- I certainly think getting the Narcan into the schools is, is the right decision.
1: And uh, like you always say, you can't arrest your way out of it. Uh, it's just uh, like education and prevention. You prevention. know,
2: trying to awareness, and that's part of us having the awareness signs up around the county. Most recently, we added one down the state police barracks, and we are working with the town of Aberdeen to put one down there. They they've expressed an interest in having the awareness signs. Every Monday, we update the number. Actually, Christy, uh, for the number there on Main Street at headquarters, she updates that one, and ensures the others are changed at the same time. And I think that that has been probably, uh, since coming into office two years ago, the number one awareness tool that we have been able to employ in the county. Um, I hear more conversation, see more social media chatter any time those numbers are changed. People finally paying attention to a problem that we've had for some time, but certainly a growing problem.
0: Have you been able to get into to the schools for education awareness? I know that you know back in the 80s and 90s it was a big deal to talk about Students against drunk driving and moms against drunk driving, and it was there was tons of information and education in the school system to try and get kids to realize the dangers and you know get get them more on board with it and supporting one another. And it, has that got? Have we gotten to that? Point?
2: Working with the county uh, county executive's office and with the school superintendent, we we had the after hours programs last year and this year at the schools. Um, where we did presentations. And, but that was only for the families that brought their children back to the school in the evening after hours. Uh, I, I do think we're going to have to look in the future at having more uh, mandatory uh, programs during the school day you know, with the captive student audience because those are the ones that are most at risk. So um, we've, we've had some discussions around it. We've had no success in moving in that direction so far.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I give everyone credit because I know in a lot of jurisdictions one of the impediments, and I hate, hate to say it, but it's been administrators, not necessarily here, uh, because it doesn't look good for their uh, their PR, their school records. There's, there's There in the past has been, and again, I'm not saying here, administrators, administrative impediments to reporting this and, and dealing with it.
2: Um, it so. of, uh, yes, and we've heard those same kind of concerns, and even with the awareness signs, I was... Um, Contacted by several other jurisdictions, saying, "Hey, how did they go over? Did it give like a negative stigma to the county or to a certain area?" Well, you know, stigma aside, we're losing lives. Let's put right. that on the back burner and let's deal with what matters, and let's you know, let's face the problem head-on. You can't hide from it. So, um, I, I do agree that some of that mentality is out there, and we have to overcome that
1: mentality. Well, I give your office a lot of credit, and the other uh, and the rest of the leadership in the county, because m- one of my concerns coming into all the uh, you know two years ago was that there was not, you know, I was just hopeful that there was going to be a lot of communication, collaboration, and transparency and and teamwork, and uh, with very few exceptions, I I think that's what it's, Mm -hmm. um, we've seen, so hats off on that. Thank you. I think one of the unintended consequences of this um, affecting everywhere in the county um, is I think that Maybe several years ago, it was viewed by a lot of people as another side of the tracks issue. Hmm. Or it doesn't happen here, doesn't happen to me issue, so we're not going to talk about it. Um, And that's completely turned around um, because I can't imagine.
2: Some of our numbers, and yes, it was kind of, you know, it had a different population. It's crossed all ages. It's crossed both uh, you know both sexes and all all races it's uh, in, in every zip code in our county so um, you know, no one's no one's immune and, and I used to, two years ago first speaking about this I would go to community groups and ask how many people have been personally touched and a few hands would go up and the more I do it the more hands that are going up so if you, unfortunately I, I think if you haven't had a friend or a loved one um, someone you're close to touched by addiction yet uh, don't no, don't count your blessings too soon because it's bound to touch you in some way. And even if it hasn't touched you directly, the crime, you know, we're, we're seeing our thefts. Everything else is down. All of our uniform crime reporting is down for the year. Only our thefts are up. And in a large part, we accredit that to people trying to support their, their drug habit. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's another reality that you know, many people who might be escaping the pains of addiction are still being impacted by, by the heroin epidemic and that they're the victims of some of these crimes.
1: And just a quick uh, word of thanks and um, uh, gratitude for uh, folks like uh, Sandy and Nolan Galley and, yes. and Lambex. I've done a lot of work with Sandy, helping try to get the word out for her and um, Derek's Char Hope mm-hmm. Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, these uh, we had at the Boys Club in Edgewood two weeks ago at The the and The McLaughlins six, from the right, Mount Zion Church, who,
2: it, the, you know, on a sad note of irony, uh, he married my wife and I. Twenty-four years ago, just before they had their daughter, um, and then, oh, really? You know, of course, she has since you know passed from her addiction. So uh, he, he's he's a front runner, you know, trying to trying to get that message out there, education and prevention with the galleons and the Lambex.
1: It, it just takes a lot a lot of courage, because uh, imagine living with that weight every day. And um, I always say to, to Sandy and Noah I said there's no greater honor that you could pay him than what you're doing now. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I just thanks for all the work you're doing on it. And hopefully something breaks through, uh, just quickly. Um, everyone here's MS 13. Um, someone paints it could have been anyone we have concurrently there's someone held at gunpoint um, near, I think Air high. Um, how is is the gang activity? Is it is it is it central to this drug thing? Is it is it really um, increasing?
0: Uh,
1: um, and how do you coordinate that? Right. Like, I like this was in Bel in Bel Air, right. so I wanted to ask you too about coordination between agencies. That must be hard to do. So that's like three questions in
2: yeah. one. Oh, it's really not. I mean, we, we have a good relationship with the three municipal agencies and with the state police. Once a week, we all get together in a room along with uh transportation authority, police, some of our federal partners and, um, even Aberdeen proving ground police department from the base. We get together once a week during our Comstat sessions and discuss the different, like the heroin epidemic and different crime patterns and trends that we're seeing. So, um, you know, we have a good vehicle in Comstat to, to have these discussions. We're not really seeing the gangs, um, like you, like you did uh, several years back, uh, tied to so much. It seems to be more, not that they're not there, but they don't seem to uh, uh, be as much of a threat from the gang uh, mentality standpoint as they are. They're still behind the scenes selling drugs and stuff like that. The MS, uh, the, the things that were painted in Bel Air, uh, I don't think that, uh, speaking for as much as I can from the ComStat session uh, from the Bel Air town police department's uh, perspective Mm -hmm. that they have tied that back to absolutely being ms-13 there's been no other gang activity related to ms-13 up and around town uh, or really much in the county for that point um, so hopefully they'll be able to uh, put a suspect back to that and, and nail it down. The other incident, um, you know, I know they're investigating aggressively that happened in Bel Air. It just, you know, that was a young, uh, I think she was 16 or 17 year old, young lady home alone. Uh, just, you know, I just always, as the father of two young daughters, um, always be aware of your surroundings. Uh, I think she was walking in an area between the schools and her home. Uh, when she was confronted so uh but you know just a reminder to people let it serve as a reminder to people to be always mindful of your surroundings and who's around and what their intentions seem to be
1: uh do you think it's um it's an unintended intended positive con- consequence of these drugs being so cheap and easy to get now that the gang haven't that it, it, it's it we haven't been as much of a magnet for gang activity do you think they're related
2: yeah, I don't know if that's that's the tie, um, or just that the you know it'd be it'd be nice that that gang uh, attraction, that, that relationship attraction, that, that family kind of the family bond that didn't exist at home that people were out looking for, uh, maybe that's gone to some degree. What about good police work? And, and, and hopefully that's <laughs> hopefully that's a big part of it as well. Um, you know, that hopefully that's the the right direction. But I mean, we're not so naive as to we we still we, you know we have gang members, uh, particularly in some areas of the county, more so than others. Um, but, you know, we keep a watchful eye on uh, on developing trends and patterns and in individuals who uh, pose a threat to the community. So hopefully that plays back to, as you said, Bob, the good police work that the, the men and women of the sheriff's office and our allied agencies do every single day.
1: The other thing Christy and I were talking about, we wanted to ask you briefly, Who comp- we, I see on the website the 10 most wanted lists. Right. Is that county is it eight just hcso is it is that just who compiles that?
2: the one the one on the sheriff's office uh, website is just harford county sheriff's office oh, okay um so it's compiled by our warrant unit and uh, updated when needed and then of course every wednesday christy working with the warrant unit shares up. Uh, you want
3: wanted wednesday wanted very, wednesday we've been very successful too um and i have to give a You know, kudos to Kyle in my office. He's creative on um, some of his little lead-ins on them. But we feature someone that's wanted for support enforcement and someone that's wanted for criminal activity has an outstanding warrant. And our readers absolutely help solve these crimes. Um, We get tips within minutes. Uh, I know that person, we work with them, here's his schedule, Um, I just saw them, or they're driving, or they're home right now, and um, not this week, but last week, we solved both of them um, within a day. So I, I really...
1: That's amazing.
3: I see the power of social media as well and um, the community pride that people have. They, they don't want criminal activity happening in their communities and they're willing to, to help. And this provides them another vehicle to, to be proactive and, and interact with the sheriff's office and have a positive outcome.
2: What? Yeah, Just to offer up there, and and and, and Kiss Christy gives credit to Kyle in her office. You got to give credit to Christy too. She's taken in the in the two years I've been here, she's taken our followers something from like eight thousand to like thirty six thousand five hundred. Um, we have probably a wider media reach than anyone else in the county. Um, so she does, she's done a great job growing our presence on social media, allowing us to share information like the one at Wednesdays and, and, and other public safety uh, information or just the good stories from the sheriff's office as well. So she deserves all the credit for that.
1: What could we tell people um, to, uh, to, uh, about liking the page, getting it so it's on their news feed higher up or earlier? I, I don't even understand that. <laughs> My kids laugh at me. Well the
3: more you interact with us, the, the better chance you have of Facebook allowing you to see things on your timeline. They have a very um, secret algorithm of, of who sees what. But I understand that the more you like and, and interact with us, the more you'll see us on your news feed. And if Facebook is not where you get your news, we also you can follow us on Facebook. Um, Instagram or Twitter, and we're trying to reach out to different generations and realize that there's a different audience for each of those. I, I'm not savvy at Snapchat yet, but I think I might have to become. But <laughs> it really does allow us to become our own news, our own news station, and, and sometimes um, we know that that a half-hour news package is difficult to get all the stories in. So we can tell our own story. We can share good works that deputies are doing. We can share, you know, Wanted Wednesday, you know, lots of different things. So, um, and don't forget our YouTube videos as well. Come and, and take a look at that. And we have a lot of things from distracted driving to heroin PSAs to, uh, we know people, they want they want to be entertained as well and learn something. So we're trying to really introduce more and more video um, traffic stop videos is, right. and Sheriff can talk about this, something we, an initiative we had this year that worked very well.
2: And, and that we tried to get some legislation passed mandating that the MVA have to, have, during driver's education, that there had to be a block of instruction on what... To expect if you're pulled over by a police officer. And um, the, although the legislation didn't pass, we still developed three v- kind of uh, proof of concept videos here at the Sheriff's Office, Christie and Kyle uh, worked with some of the deputies on putting them together. And it was the do's and don'ts of a traffic stop, not, uh, not saying this is what you have to do because we're the Harford County Sheriff's Office and we're telling you what your rights are and what is required during a traffic stop. Because again, on social media, so many people get their legal advice on social media. I don't have to roll down my window. I don't have to do yeah, this. Yeah, I saw I that.
1: Uh, someone on uh, the dagger posted that. Yeah. Slip the card out, roll down the window. Right. <laughs> so
2: there's there's some things you don't have to do, and, and our videos tell you what you're required to do and what you're not to do. And not, not like doing. Chris Rock did it, right? Not like Chris Rock <laughs> did it. Now, a little, a little less uh, humor was incorporated into our videos. But uh, I think that they were very well received, and um, you know we, we hope to, to build on that, and uh, hopefully NBA... Uh, the, the thought was that they were going to work this into a Code of Maryland regulations instead of a law change, but um, start offering those kind of instructions across the state. Because, again, our young drivers are getting their information from social media, and what they're getting is not correct.
1: Well, that uh, leads to one of the other questions we had, and then a, a question for Christy about her job. And then I want to ask you, we want to ask you about... Um, Good news. What's working? Uh, you already talked about what inspired you about our communities and folks. But on the distracted driving, see, I'm giving you a little delay before I ask you about <laughs> your job. Mm-hmm. Um, is it illegal for me to beep my horn at someone who's texting, visibly texting? <laughs> no. Is that not illegal signaling or something?
2: I know of no law that says that's illegal, and I, I I would encourage you to beep at them and get them whether they have their phone to their ear or whether they're texting. Um we're distracted driving goes so much further than just people causing the accidents themselves. It's it's leading to road rage incidents where you have people sitting in the light that you know, costing the next person the light because the person's up there sending a text not seeing and those things that aren't captured in the accident stats. So we have been very aggressive on uh Distracted driving. I I, I didn't bring our numbers with us, but I, I think we've more than doubled our enforcement efforts over the last two years as it relates to being on the phone, being, you know, distracted driving in general. So our Traffic Safety Task Force, which is another partnership between us and all the municipal agencies and the state police, moves around from jurisdiction to jurisdiction or different places around the county. And when they set up once a week, that's one of the main things that they're looking for and very aggressive and and really very few warnings are being issued. It's a a traffic citation coming.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Now to you, Christy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for PIOs PIOs. and community relations directors. Um, We
2: were wondering about how I can say she's the best to to the husband of the county's PIO.
1: How did you get good at it, is my question.
3: I think that it's one of the things that has helped me is that I... I'm not a law enforcement officer. I'm a civilian. And historically, PIOs were always law enforcement officers. And they speak law enforcement, and they see it from their investigative side. And I understand that, and I've taken a lot of time over the last few years to learn the nuances of that job, and I don't have to be able to investigate the crime, I have to be able to understand what the deputies do. And I see it as being a link then between the work that we do and the community and being that that go between to explain it to them. And I think that it's just a common sense approach to speaking to people like their people and giving them as much information as we can. And I think the sheriff agrees completely. Transparency is is a huge thing. People need to know what's going on in their community. And um, we try to provide them as much information as we can. Sometimes we can't tell them everything. And oftentimes I just tell them why that is. You know, we know that uh, when we're releasing information on a crime, if there's a suspect still out there, we don't want that suspect to know what we know. Uh, but we recognize that you, as a community member, want to feel safe, and you want to know what's happening. And so sometimes it's just approaching people as people um, so that they can understand what you're doing. And I think a big part of our job is education, whether it's to the media or the community, so that they can understand the job of the deputy and then better, I think, that that helps in their support.
1: Excellent points. Excellent points. It comes down to empathy and, like, my favorite character, my best friend, Atticus Finch. you got to walk around in someone's skin. Right. For a while, and and on that note, hats off to you and your organization. Um, About a month ago, there was a a, a, an employee of the detention center that there was a theft issue. I don't know where it's gone. I don't know. But your reaction and your office's reaction was very, very um, encouraging, and it was very refreshing. And hats off to you. Thank you. There was no not even a whiff of we're going to circle the wagons, uh, we're going to try to spin this a different way, we're going to try to, uh, you know, uh, ridicule anyone who brings it up. It was just, what the
2: facts. The facts are what they are, yeah. and, you know, that, that case is still pending uh, in the court system. So, um, but, you know... It, we have people that are employed by the sheriff's Office, just like any other organizations, and some people are going to make bad decisions and then we've uh, one of the accomplishments we just did this year is we've revamped all of our internal affairs policies um compliant with some of the law changes that took place last year so uh, you know the, the deputies and the employees of the office know that there's there's accountability, and unfortunately, you know sometimes that raises to the point of being outside of just agency uh discipline. And, but we're, we're not going to hide from it, just like the heroin. Back to the heroin problem, we're not going to hide from the issues we have. We're going to address them and fix them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've ran um, large, large organizations within larger companies, and th- the rule has always been: it's not the pro- it's not whether you have a problem or not; it's what you do about it. When you have an issue come up, right. it's how you handle it, how you change procedures, how you how you deal with it at the time. So again, hats off to Thank you all. You. Um, lastly, two things: what's what's working, um, and also uh, for our friends listening out there, uh, how can they? What should what are they? What should they hear from you about? Uh, you know, be you're better served by the uh, the agency um, uh, being as much help as possible to help you do your jobs, etc.
2: Well, I, I like uh, you was. Speaking about you know, first and foremost, you know, interact with us. If you if you have a Facebook page, um, go like it. You know, follow some of the stuff. We can you can share tips. You know, you can let us know things you see. And, and it goes back to whether it's terrorism, whether it's drug dealing, whether it's criminal activity. If you see something that just feels out of place, let us know. Let us know. And um, yeah, you know, I I had a conversation with a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, and he said he saw this and this and this. And I said, well, you know, people coming to the door in the middle of the night and this kind of activity. I said, well, did you call the sheriff's office and have someone respond out to see what, no, I thought it was okay. Well, you know, if, if something doesn't feel right, just let us take a look at it. So, you know, I, so many, many people don't need that reminder, but some people hesitate to call us because they think we're busy with other things. Better safe than sorry is my philosophy, so to let us know.
1: Yeah, because a lot of uh, our personal experiences going back forever is often you, you've when you would make that call you felt like you were you were wasting the the dispatcher's time and i and i've called on a few things right. and they're trained well because there is not there, i don't get any sense that i'm d- interrupting them right no Got
2: matter what, you know. Dispatch doesn't fall under the sheriff's office, falls under the county. No, um, I mean, when yeah, I call right. the
1: sheriff's, the, I, I don't call the, oh,
2: call the precinct direct. Yeah. Well, I was just going to compliment the dispatchers up there at the, sheriff's, uh, the, the, the um, emergency operations center. I mean, we it's an outstanding group, the call takers, the dispatchers themselves. We saw that again on February 10th with the way they handled our incident. Um, but, yeah, I, you're going to get a professional level of service from the time you dial 911 to the time the deputies uh, finish up with the call for service. So, please, please. If you think uh, something's not right, let us know.
1: Okay. And what else just, um, what has uh, encouraged you? What's uh, made you feel, uh, may, maybe you've covered this already. Well, uh, as
2: far as personally, again, the, the, the support, the love and support that the Harford County community has given and continues to give. And, and, and really not so much, to, as much to the sheriff's office, but so much for the families. Because I, I know how much this hurt me to lose our uh, two deputies, how it hurt the men and women of the sheriff's office but I, I can't imagine in my worst nightmare what those families experience and are experiencing every day since they're lost but the Harford county community has has made it so much uh, it's not easy is not the right word i don't know what the right word is but has uh has made it less impactful i guess um on those family members and i'm we're we're blessed for that and and some of the, like as bad as the heroin numbers are i have to say i'm encouraged i, I look around the state waiting for some of the end of year reporting Uh, Anne Arundel County is on a pace to perhaps triple their fatals. Um, It's just crazy. I mean, we're seeing increases, but we are not seeing the increases that other places around the state are seeing. And I'm hopeful because I do think working with the county, uh, working with the county executive's office, working with the drug control policy, working with my Hope work group, um, we are probably leading the state on so many different fronts on the heroin epidemic. That our numbers are not raising as quickly as others. And I, I take that as a positive sign. I'd rather sit here and say our numbers are declining. That's just not the case.
1: Great. Well, this has been great. And we're going to, um, we can't thank you enough. And uh, again, uh, thank you from everyone for the job uh, you, you and your organization are doing. And we're going to ask you to stick around. We have about five minutes left. And okay. we'll skip our break, Christy. Okay. Uh, and we'll go uh, right to um, Over the Edge. Okay. And I have a question for okay. all three. Well, three of you, and okay. I'll answer it first. Uh, what would you tell your 21 year old self? Okay. And I've read a, a great, a woman. Uh, I forget her name. I should credit her for this. Compiles these. Like one woman told her, I would tell myself, "Honey, those jeans don't fit." Huh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other one was put put down uh, put, you know, to put down the makeup. Uh, mine would be, I. Uh, one of them is shut up. Um, you spend so much time trying to prove yourself to people, convince them how smart you are and great you are, and they're not listening when you first meet them, and you you give yourself, you cheat yourself out of getting so much information if you let the other person talk first. I have a friend who uh, became a state delegate, I won't mention the name but they said to me okay what's your advice uh, for my first session I just said be quiet listen <laughs> I mean, listen. they're not going to listen to you anyway in your first session right. <laughs> um, just be quiet and listen uh, then speak when you have to who wants to go next Sheriff
2: Oh, I get to go. Uh, I'll let the ladies go last. I'm sitting here pondering these things. So what would I tell my 21-year-old self? Well, certainly I know I'd tell myself to stick with my exercising a little better than what I have. (laughs) Um, Because, see, I've, uh, uh, back when I was 21, heck of a lot better shape just coming out of the State Police Academy. They had me in a heck of a lot better shape than what I am today. But uh, I I, I think um, never stop looking for personal self-improvement, you know, whether you're, um I, I didn't go to college right out of uh I went to the state police I didn't go right to college uh but I have over the course of those years went back and going going to college on shift work and the state police transferring to different parts around the state is not very conducive, but there's always ways to make yourself a little better both physically and mentally. To educate yourself so never stop that learning process and, and, and I encourage that even when we do graduate we've graduated two law enforcement classes and two correctional classes since I've been sheriff and I echo that you know this this isn't the end of your educational process always try to be learning something new um, sit around and read and I, I learned a lot new getting into the first campaign I ran even though I wasn't successful mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was a a great experience because I didn't sit at home on the couch I went out and learned something new and met so many new and interesting people over the course of those two years um, that made me successful in the two years after so I I don't know I, I really like yours be be a listener because if you're uh, if you're one who just talks over the other person there's only a one-way conversation going there so I, I really like yours better than I like mine
1: <laughs> Who is it? Uh, uh, um um, Mark Twain says, "Better to be quiet and be thought a fool than, than open your mouth and confirm it." <laughs> right, right. I
2: don't know if it was him, but I like that. I was Might down. have been Will Rogers. Whose turn is it
3: now,
1: Christie uh, or Christie?
3: Uh, well, I certainly would agree that I could second guess some wardrobe and hair choices. <laughs>
1: we want pictures. No,
3: I don't. There's not many. I think my mother purposefully didn't take any. <laughs> But I think I would tell my 21-year-old self a lesson that I've learned, um, you know, recently, and and I share this advice is not to worry over things that we have no control over. That there are so many things in life that we can control, and we waste so much energy being worried or concerned about something that we we have no we have no control over whether or not it happens to us, or when um, we just need to focus more on what we can control. Yeah.
1: But would our 21 self no. Well,
3: no, and I have a 17-year-old son and he doesn't listen to anything. So hopefully he'll at some point he'll right. say, "My mother used to say." Well, my son said to worry. me once when he
1: was 16, "Don't worry, dad. When I'm 25, I'll tell you you were right about it." Oh, there you go.
0: I have a few more years then before he tells me that. So I have a son who's almost 20 and I tell him all the time slow down a little and enjoy the moments mm-hmm. stop looking for you know, thinking about what you're trying to do next and trying to get to the you know it's it's great to be ambitious and it's great to have goals but slow down you know life is short it goes by fast mm-hmm. enjoy the moments mm-hmm. and figure out what you want to do now and live your life you know stop stop looking worrying about what's happening next and trying to get to that next level all the time just enjoy it
1: excellent well excellent and we have one minute. We're going to stay on the subject a little bit and for a uh, thing with Bob's and talk about some uh, qu- actual courtroom transcripts um, that occurred. Um, uh, and I, I, it's obvious who the lawyer is and who's asking, but uh, the first one is, did you ever stay all night with this man in New York? I refuse to answer that question. Did you ever stay all night with this man in Chicago? I refuse to answer that question. Did you ever stay all night with this man in Miami? No. <laughs> 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 what is your name, Ernestine McDowell? And what is your marital status? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, did you say he was shot in the woods? No, I said he was shot in the lumbar. You, you got to figure that one. Um, Mrs. Jones, is your appearance this morning pursuant to a deposition notice which I sent to attorney? She said, "No, this is how I dress when I go to work." <laughs> um. And could you see him from where you were standing? I could see his head. And where was his head? Just above his (laughs) (laughs) shoulder. And this is my favorite one. Uh, What was the first thing your husband said to you when he woke that morning? He said, where am I, Kathy? And why did that upset you? My name is Susan. (laughs) 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 That one's trouble. (laughs) Oh, part of the shut up. (laughs) Yes. And
0: that's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.